Hey, what's up, Rock Church? God bless you. Good to see you. Wherever you're joining us from, whether you are at home, on the couch, in the living room, in the car, watching this later, or across the world, welcome. God bless you. My name is Travis. I'm the campus pastor of where I'm standing. This is our physical location, Rock Church Point Loma. So I want to welcome you. We have an incredible message, I want to say day, but really message planned for you. I can't wait as we continue in week two of our series, The Invisible Man. And you're going to find out more about why he's invisible. Uh, But can I just ask you, hit the share button. Find that share button on whatever device or, uh, or thing that you're streaming from. Share this message out. Make sure this feed gets to your friends, your family, and your neighbors. I I would hate for you to be encouraged by God's word today. And you go, man, I wish that someone would have heard this. Now's your chance. Share it to that, that somebody right now. Find that share button. And then here's really my biggest ask before we pray and get into the word. Um, We are in in, in in about four or five weeks, six weeks into in the building ministry. And so our biggest need and focus really isn't even getting people into church. Our biggest need is now, watch this, becoming and being the church. And so here's the ask as as we're uh, getting more people in and trying to serve more. Would you help us out in this? If you're here local in San Diego and be a part of our local ministry, just text the word serve to 52525 because we want to make sure we can care for people as they come in the building. We want to make sure that we can uh, provide great worship experience for them with our music, our our parking. Uh, We got our Rock Kids team building up. And so we would love your help on carrying the mission forward. Can I get an amen? Come on, amen. So text that word serve to 52525. Now, we are going to pray and jump into today's message, week two on the invisible man. Let's bow our heads wherever you're at. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this time where we get to lean into your presence and learn from your word. So Holy Spirit, as we unpack more about you, would you do what only you can do and transform us. Form us in the people that you need us to be, have called us to be, desire us to be. Change our minds, change our hearts. We love you. May this be an act of worship with our life and our attention today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen, and amen. Uh, I, uh, I took my wife on, on, a, on a date night, let's say two, three years ago. And, and I called it a date night because I planned it and I bought the tickets, but it was probably more of just a fun night out for me. I took her to go see the illusionist, David Blaine. And David Blaine, he was here in San Diego where we live. And he's known as an illusionist. I, I took some notes, but he's also known as an endurance artist. He, he's done uh, feats of strength and he's frozen himself in Times Square. And he's stood on top of a building for way too long and got all hungry and fasted for 40 days. I mean, just done some inc- incredible things. He's also known as an extreme performer an extreme performer. He holds many, many, many world records. And so I'm kind of fascinated by the illusionist and, and the sleight of hand. And, and uh, so we went and went to this date night to go see David Blaine. We got there, had great seats, took some friends of ours from the church and we sat there. And uh, David came out and started with the easy stuff, the sleight of hand, the cards and this, that and that and this, that. It was just amazing, incredible. Had, had a couple of friends come out and do some, do some uh, tricks as well. All the sleight of hand illusion stuff. And then he kind of built up to the big extreme artist, extreme <laughs> endurance performances. At one point we kind of cringed because he, he took a, a, a needle, ugh, took a needle and put it through his cheek and pulled it out. And, and there, was, there was nothing, no blood, no nothing. And I looked at my wife and she's like, this ain't a date night. What is this? <laughs> I'm like, I'm loving, I'm sitting there like, this is amazing, David. Keep going. Other cheek, other cheek, David. Take, takes out the needle. That was one of, one of the things he did. And then the very grand finale of David Blaine was he brought out this large all glass box 
and filled it up with water. And he told the story of how he had practiced holding his breath and trained with the Navy SEALs and even learned how to drown so he could get comfortable with the fear. I mean, crazy stuff. And then he went into the tank, lowered himself and went upside down, check that out, and held his breath for what was like 13 minutes. And he holds the world record today for, for I think about 17 minutes. He did it on Oprah years ago. But he did 13 minutes upside down. And before he went, he went into water, he told people, if you want to come up, you can come and, and touch the glass. Come and make sure to see it's real. And so I turned to Vanessa. I'm like, babe, he told us we should go. <laughs> and she's sitting there like, uh, no, again, this is not a date night. You owe me Cheesecake Factory. What is this? <laughs> and so we didn't go up to the glass. But we, 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 we came back to, to the seats and we're sitting there and just enjoy, enjoying David Blaine. And at the end of the night, I asked my wife, I said, well, what'd you, what'd you think? How, how was David Blaine? And she said, well, he was kind of cool. Uh, mostly, mostly weird, a little mysterious, sort of spooky, but, but mostly strange and weird, which I think is kind of accurate, to be honest with you. Now, here's the unfortunate thing. I think if I were to go around and ask many Christians out there or people who believe in God's word, how would you describe or understand your relationship with the Holy Spirit? And I think their explanation may sound more like David Blaine than it would God. Kind of cool, a little mysterious, Sort of spooky, mostly strange and, and weird. And I don't think it's anybody's fault. I think a lot of us have been taught the wrong things growing up in your own church experience or maybe from the outside looking in. But this happens in the first church ever reported. And if you know your Bibles in the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible, it starts out with the Gospels, which is four eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus. The fifth book is called the book of Acts. And it's a historical record of the first church. And Acts actually begins with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to read something from Acts chapter 19. And, and Acts 19 is only 17 chapters forward later than Acts chapter 2. When the church begins and, and Jesus reminds everybody, I want you to wait here for the Holy Spirit. But there's confusion just 17 chapters later. Here's what it says. Acts 19, verse 1 through 2. While Apollos was at Corinth... Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so here's, here's what Paul, Paul's saying. Well, Paul stumbles across some believers, some disciples, followers of Jesus. And when he sees them who believe in the risen Lord, he says, hey, when you believed, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And watch their response. They answered, no. We have not even heard that there is such a thing. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And this passage is really, really critical. And, and it's why this series is so important. Because what's happening back then is still happening right now. The Invisible Man series is, isn't just because we, we, we can't see him. He's invisible. But some people don't want to see him. While others forget to see him and some just see him the wrong way, uh, you see him incorrectly. He, he's, the, he's the Holy Ghost. Well, we don't, we, don't, we don't have ghosts in my house. Matter of fact, we got essential oils all up in the house to make sure we don't have any ghosts. No Holy Ghost in my house. But I think he's also gotten a bad rap as well because of what you've heard or, or maybe because of what you, you think you've seen or what you've seen demonstrated or who misrepresented him. Or maybe it's because of what you have or even haven't experienced. And this isn't one of my points, but I think it's worth jotting down. We should never allow our theology 
to be shaped solely by our experience, but let it be shaped by God's word instead. Never let your, 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 your theology to be shaped by what you have or have not experienced, but rather let your, your theology be shaped by God's word. <laughs> uh, I, I remember that this movie, uh, The Lion King, and I was young when Lion King came out. Uh, I, I know we remember some Lion King here uh, today. But there was a scene when Mufasa is standing on Pride Rock and he, and he gets up there on, on the rock and he boasts his chest out there and little Simba's standing next to him. I know you, you know where I'm going with this. And Mufasa looks at Simba and he goes, this is my, this is my Mufasa boy, Simba. <laughs> That's my James Earl Jones right there. Shout out James Earl Jones. And, and, and he, goes, he goes, Simba. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. And then Simba goes, wow. <laughs> it's a terrible Simba. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, wow, what about that shadowy place right over there? <laughs> and then Mufasa goes, Simba, no. <laughs> we don't ever go over there. That's what we do with the Holy Spirit. What about that? No, 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 Simba, no. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Why? The Holy Spirit is a person, not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing. And we need to de-spookify him and be open to him and receive anything and everything that God offers. And I promise you, if you can do that, your life will be better for it. Receive all that God has. And so here's maybe the biggest idea that I want you to take away from our time together. And it's this, the Holy Spirit is not some strange force reserved for the spiritually elite. Instead, he is a helper who empowers anyone who asks. I'll say it again. The Holy Spirit is not some strange force reserved for just the elite, the spiritual elite, my mom and my dad or your, your pastor or your teacher or your theology person or the seminary guy. No, no, no. Instead, he's a helper who empowers anyone who what? Asks. Luke eleven thirteen says it this way. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so I hope this helps you because it helps me. Um, um, the early believer's story, that's my story. The early believer's story, that, that's my story. I grew up knowing God as, as a Father Creator. And I grew up knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. He lived and died and conquered sin for me. But I never really learned or understood too much about that third guy in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, the last guy. I never understood his role. I, I never really got a hold of his purpose or even his, his power. And so I want to give you what's helped me specifically by knowing three things, his name, his nature, and his new levels of power. I want you to know his name. I want you to know his nature. And I want you to know his new levels of power. And then I'm going to give you three points about that power. Here's what you need to know about his name. His name can be translated in one of two ways. Spirit. Everybody say spirit. Everybody say ghost. One of two ways. Spirit at home, in your car, wherever you're, wherever you're watching us from, say spirit. Say ghost. One of two ways. It's used roughly 800 times throughout the Bible. Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. But those words aren't really a great translation uh, into English. You need to, 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 to fully understand them. You need to look at it in two different languages because your Bible is written mostly in two different languages. So the, the Old Testament, I'll do it this way. Your Old Testament for you and for me, all of us, it's written originally in Hebrew. And the New Testament was mostly written in Greek. And so to fully understand that, that, that word spirit or, or ghost, we have to look at the Old Testament Hebrew and the New Testament Greek. And so the Old Testament Hebrew word for spirit is ruach. 
Everybody say ruach. You got you to put a little, little phlegm in it. You got to put a little, 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 little something right there. You got something in there. Ruach. There we go. I hear some phlegminess in there. That's good. Ruach. Ruach. That's the Hebrew word for spirit or ghost. And the definition is a wind, a breath, a violent exaltation, a blast of breath. Ruach. And I'll show it to you in Scripture in Genesis 1 verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit, there's our word ruach, which means breath, which means wind of God was hovering over the waters. It was empty. It was dark. Then the breath and the wind of God hovered over everything. The ruach. The New Testament Greek word is pneuma. Everybody say pneuma. Say pneuma. That's easier to say than ruach. You got to have a little in it right there. I got a sore throat. I can't really say it. I'll say pneuma, pneuma, pneuma. Pneuma, the Greek word, it means a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. Pneuma. In John 6, verse 63, this is Jesus speaking. And this is where we find our word pneuma translated in English poorly to spirit or ghost, but really it means a current of air, blast of breath, strong breeze. And Jesus says this in verse 63, the words I have spoken to you are pneuma and they are life. And so the Holy Spirit is by name, watch this, a breath of fresh air. I was uh, getting my windows tinted recently on my car and, and I, I love having my windows tinted uh, just on all our vehicles. And so I had the guy come out. He actually was a mobile tent. And I love that. He came to the house and, and hooked it up. And I was learning about the different types of tent, the different uh, um, percentages. It goes all the way from 5% up to 70%. And, and the percentage is, is basically saying how much you can see into the car. And so limo tent would be about 5%. I can see 5% into your car, which is really, you can't see it at all. It's illegal. Don't get it. Come on. <laughs> uh, then there's 10%, 15%, 20%. I'm getting interested at in 20%. I'm like, hey, hey, may get pulled over, maybe not, I don't know. Uh, and then uh, 30% though is what comes on the back of factory from, from the dealership. So if you get in your car, they'll, they'll, they'll put out those cars about 30% on the back windows. And then he was telling me about 70%. He goes, man, you need to get one of the front windshield. No one can even tell. 70%, you can see mostly through the car. It just, you know, knocks away all of the unhealthy UV rays, keeps the car cool. And I'm like, man, you're helping me out. This is amazing. And I'm like, let me help you out, man. What's your story? What's going on? Here's what I do. And how can I encourage you? And he started telling me his story and what's been happening these last several months and, and how his health has been suffering to the point where he got so ill that he found himself months ago on a respirator. And if you know anything about respirators, that that's not a good sign in this past year and a half or so, that respirators don't lead to a good ending. You see, a respirator is made so that you can breathe. It helps you breathe when you feel like you can't get air. And so my new friend was just telling me that I found myself in the hospital for months, finally on a respirator. I felt like I was getting better. And so we tried to take it out and immediately I, I had to grasp for air. I had to get it back because I couldn't, couldn't breathe. I, I want this to minister to someone today because I know that you may be facing a situation that feels like I can't breathe. 
There may be a situation in your marriage or your finances or your children's lives or something spiritual or, or just this, 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 this spirit around you that's not from the Lord that feels like it's crushing you and you cannot catch your breath. I want to encourage you that maybe what you need is not more of what the world offers, but maybe what you need is the breath of the Holy Spirit, the life that comes from our God, the freshness of who he is, the, the, the ruach of, of, of our Lord. You need the breath to breathe in you. He's the Holy Spirit. He's not some strange force. That's just for the spiritual elite. He's a helper who empowers anybody who asks. And it's in his name. And then from his name, we also find out his nature. We know his name, it's breath, and his nature is what he's like. And John 3 verse 8 says this, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born in the Spirit. And so Jesus tells us what we already knew about the Holy Spirit from his name, that the nature of the Spirit is like the wind. And so I wrote down some characteristics of the wind. The wind is invisible, but I can feel it. And, and how many know that we don't live by our feelings, but sometimes it's nice to feel what we're living. Come on. We don't live by our feelings, but it's nice sometimes to feel what we've been living for. The wind and the Holy Spirit are invisible. The wind is unpredictable. It goes about freely. And, and I love this because uh, uh, as a pastor, I have to admit, or maybe as Christians or church people, when we feel like God moved, we'll try to replicate that. And go, man, we sang that song. We were with those people. Let's do that again and see if God moves. But the Holy Spirit, like the wind, is unpredictable. Because he doesn't want us to worship the method. Watch this. He wants to worship the man. And so let's not play the same song and the same message and the same people and the same building and the same lights. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit, like the wind, is unpredictable. The third thing I wrote down is the wind is powerful because it can move you. A few weeks ago, my wife, there was, some, there was some wind outside. We didn't know what it was. We heard something. She, she, she goes, Travis, there's something outside. There's somebody outside. And so I got up to check it out. And there was trash cans flying and there were chairs knocked over. But it wasn't anybody. It was the wind. The wind is powerful. But like the wind, the Holy Spirit can move you. The Holy Spirit can knock things over. The Holy Spirit can move things around in your life. The last thing I wrote down is the wind is refreshing. It feels good. It's nice. The wind is refreshing. Our, we had some um, uh, Rock Kids volunteers uh, a few years back sitting outside the Rock Kids classrooms holding babies, rocking them. And I thought that was strange as I went to go check up on them. And I said, why, why aren't you in the classroom? <laughs> this, we got these rooms for a reason. How come you're not in the classroom? And they told me, they said, Travis, here's what's interesting. We found out that when the kids are crying and we can't get them to calm down, if we come outside so they can feel the breeze, it feels nice and they rest. And like the wind, that feels nice and is a breeze and keeps us calm and gives us peace. The Holy Spirit is refreshing. It feels good. He feels good. And so his name is breath of fresh air. His nature is like the wind in my sails. And he has new levels of power and they're meant to do three things. Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. Everybody say righteously. And I'm going to go through these fast. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. The Spirit begins to change your desires. I, I no longer desire to, to drink alcohol. I no longer desire uh, to do drugs. I no, longer, I no longer desire to have an affair or cheat on my spouse. I no longer desire to lust or watch porn. I no longer desire to be a lover of money. The Spirit helps me make, make wise choices. Yeah, the Spirit reminds me that God, Jesus, paid for my sin, conquered it. And here's what Romans 8, 9 says. You, however 
are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. If the spirit of God lives in you, that's how it ends. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit, if the spirit of God lives in you. He's saying, I don't have to obey. I don't have to obey. Instead, I want to obey. I don't have to, I want to. Big difference. I don't have to, but now the spirit is inside of me. I don't have the 10 commandments to look at. Now his law is written on my heart. I want to obey. Here's number two. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. You can live a normal life. You can live a regular life. You can live like the rest of the world. Very explainable. You can. I, I go to work. I drop the kids off at school. I come home. Kick off my shoes, eat a microwave dinner, watch The Voice, go to bed, wake up, regular. Very predictable, very explainable. Or you can live like Jesus. A supernatural life where there's healing. Where, there, where there's prayers that are, are, are so crazy that you have to have ridiculous God-sized faith. Where, where there's miracles happening, dangerous prayers. And it doesn't need to be weird. Watch this. It doesn't need to be weird. It doesn't need to be crazy. It doesn't need to be snakes on a plane. It doesn't have to be any of that. But it will be out of this world. Come on. And it will be not from here. It will be powerful. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Four and five says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Don't you want God's power? Don't you want God's authority? Don't you want his fire? Come on, can we just thank God by faith today that we're receiving his power at home, wherever you're streaming this? We want God's power. Here's number three. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. It's a reminder that the church doesn't exist for the church, but the church exists for the world. And I don't want us to be a part of that. I want you to be a part of that. The church doesn't exist for the church. The church exists for the world. I heard one pastor say it this way. Christians can become like manure. Manure, you just gather us all together, we start to stink. But you start spreading us out, we will make things grow. But we tend to be like churches for me. I got to get my song, my seat, my, my bulletin, my coffee, my thing, my air conditioning. I got to have this and that. And I, I, churches for me, they didn't have room for my kids. And, and, I'm, and I get that. And we want to have a great experience for everybody. We want everyone to be ministered to. But the church doesn't exist for the church. And the Holy Spirit doesn't empower you so you can come and have a great time. The Holy Spirit empowers you to live on mission. First Thessalonians Chapter 1, verse 5 says this, and then I'm going to bring up a friend of mine in just a second. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 says, Our gospel came to you not simply by words, with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with a deep what? Conviction. A deep conviction. A deep conviction is, is, a, is a deep purpose, a deep, a deep sense of calling, a deep mission. And so Holy Spirit has a name. He's our breath. He's our ruah. He's our pneuma. Holy Spirit has a nature. He is like the wind in our sails. And the Holy Spirit has new levels of power for you. To empower you to live righteously, to empower you to live supernaturally, and to live on mission. I'm going to bring a, a friend of mine up. Uh, his name is Quincy. Quincy, come join me. Let's give Quincy a hand. Come on, Quincy. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And because, and because this is the invisible man, I got him blindfolded. And I'm going to play Holy Spirit with him. And so don't, don't move, Quincy. I got some stuff there I don't want you to walk on. And so just to, I'm going to play Holy Spirit. So I got my name tag here. I'm going to be Ruah. 
And Quincy, I'm going to play Holy Spirit in your life. And stay there. I want to read this verse. I want to read this verse. It says this in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Whether you turn right or left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. And so I'm going to play Holy Spirit. And I have a name. I'm the breath. And Isaiah says, whether you go left or you go right, there will be a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. But you got to listen to me. And my nature is like the wind. I'm the wind in your sails. I'm not pulling you, I'm behind you. I'm strengthening you, but you gotta listen to my voice. So Quincy, there's some traps, there's some snares, there's some obstacles, but God is taking us on a journey. And as the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna empower you to live righteously. I'm gonna empower you to live supernaturally. And I'm gonna empower you to live on mission. Do you wanna go? Yes. Let's go. Quincy, I want you to take one regular step forward. This is the way, walking in. Quincy, I want you to take one very small step forward. This is the way, walking in. Very good. Quincy, there's an obstacle in your way. I'm going to remove this. And there's some traps set out. So I want you to be very careful. But I want you to take one regular step to the left. This is the way, walking in. I want you to take one small step to the left. This is the way of walking in. Now there's a trap there. I don't want you to get snapped or snared or stuck. But if you listen to me, I'm Ruach, I'm Numa, I'm breath. I'm the wind in your sails. And whether you go left or right, there'll be a voice behind you telling you this is the way, walk in it. Quincy, I want you to take one large step straight forward. That was close. Quincy, there's a large obstacle in your way. It may look like marriage. It may look like divorce is coming. It may look, I just lost, I just lost my job. It may look like there's someone at work that just harasses me and I can't stand it. It's a huge obstacle. But Quincy, let me be Ruach. Let me be your breath. Let me be the wind in your sails. And whether you go left or right, I'll be behind you. And if you listen to me, I'll tell you this is the way. Walk and take one large step up and forward. Quincy, I want you to take two regular steps forward. This is the way, walking in. Quincy, you're making me nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm sweating up here. <laughs> take one regular step forward. This is the way, walking in. Very good. There's another obstacle. And I don't know what that obstacle is. It may be doubt, it may be fear, it may be insecurity, it it may be pride or lust, but it's there and it's scary and it's in your way. But let me be breath. Let me be ruach. Let me be pneuma. Let me be wind in your sails. And whether you look left or right, there'll be a voice behind you and he'll tell you this is the way walking it. Quincy, I want you to take one large step to your left. This is the way walking it. Quincy, we're almost there. Praise God. Quincy, I want you to take one. <laughs> so, let me get, hold on, wait a minute. This is hot. This is like, shh, Praise God. 
Quincy, I want you to take one large step to your right. This is the way, walking in. Praise God. We got one more step. Quincy, you can go wherever you like. Just go forward. This is the way, walking in. Come on, can we thank God? All right, brother. Quincy, we went on a journey together. I appreciate you listening to me. That we went through obstacles, we went through rat traps, we went over buckets and cones and rakes. And I protected you from a few of them. But the whole way we had a purpose. I wasn't just there to play with you. I was there to guide you because I am empowering you. I'm a helper. I'm not some weird voice. I'm not some weird God. I'm not some, some charismania. I am here to be your helper, to empower you, to live righteously, to live supernaturally, to live on mission. Come on, let's give him, let's give him a hand as he makes his way. Thank you, Quincy. This is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. The Holy Spirit is not a strange force. The Holy Spirit is not weird and set aside and reserved just for the spiritually elite. He is a helper who empowers anyone who asks. And he has a name. It is breath. His nature is like the wind. Ruah, Numa. And he offers new levels of power to live righteously, supernaturally, and on mission. So let's get after all that God has. Let's go after all that God offers. Let's get and grab hold of what Jesus said was coming and was promised by our heavenly father, the Holy Spirit. Watch this, not so that you can be better than them and not so that you can be better than me, but so that you can be better than you. But you and I can't get the power until you and I get the person of Jesus Christ. So for some of you, that's your first step. For others of you, today you're going to walk into a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. To be your helper, to be your power, to fill you, to be your breath, to be the wind in your sails. So wherever you are, wherever you're streaming this from, whether campus you're at, I want you to bow your heads and pray this prayer with me. And if you need to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ as your very first step, the one who said the, the Father is going to give you a gift. He's coming. The Holy Spirit's coming. That same Jesus that lived and died to conquer your sin, to give you forgiveness of sin, so that one day we could be with him in heaven. If that's the Lord and Savior that you need to meet today because you just don't know where to go. You need the power, but you have to get the person. So if you need Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life today, I want you to pray this real simple prayer, but cost him everything in the quiet of your heart. And it's as simple as A, B, C. We're going to admit that we need him, believe that he died for us, and confess him as Lord. So everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed. Just say, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need you and that I've fallen short. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus, you died for me. I believe that you conquered sin the power of the cross. And today, I confess you as Lord of my life, as Lord of my marriage, as Lord over my family, Lord over my job, Lord over all. Now, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm just going to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer, I want to bless you. So, Lord, we just thank you for uh, every single person that just prayed that prayer right now. 
whether they're at one of our campuses or they're streaming us online across the world, wherever they're gathered, Lord, they pray that prayer. Lord, I just pray that you would encourage them, that you would fill them, that you would overwhelm them with your presence. And for all those that need to step into a deeper relationship with you, Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you would fall fresh. So church, just receive him right now. If you who know how to give good gifts to your children and are evil, know how to do that, why wouldn't your Heavenly Father give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So ask. Say, Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, be my breath, my life. Holy Spirit, be the wind in my sails. Empower me right now. So Lord, that's our prayer. That's our ask for every single person today. We pray that together in one name, the power of Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, wherever you're at, wherever you're watching us from, would you just text the word SAVE to 52525? We want to make sure that we help you with your next step in your relationship with the Lord. As you're growing in your relationship with Jesus, as you're understanding who your, your Father in heaven is, and as you're deepening and enriching, you're enriching your, 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 your relationship with the Holy Spirit, we want to help you with that journey. Hey, Rock family, I really hope you enjoyed that message. I know I had a great time studying for and delivering it to you. But one of the ways that we love to end our messages is with an act of worship. And we do that right now through our giving. And there's many ways that you can give. You can text to give. You can text the word give to 52525. Or you can go on our website at sdrock.com give. All of that is an act of worship. And I want to read a verse to you I think helps with this idea of worship and giving thanks to God. In Psalm 107, verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Uh, this past week, this past Thursday, we added our fifth provisions ministry. And, and really, that's a ministry that hands out groceries to people all over our city, all over our county. One, two, three, four, five, fifth. We have five at our Santa Marcos location, East County, City Heights, and Chula Vista. And now here in Point Loma. And the stories that we hear are incredible. But I want you to know that when you give as an act of worship, ministries like that become possible. And the Lord, as he is good, and we give thanks to him, we're declaring that his love endures, what, forever. Forever and ever. And there's stories that become forever. That meal that's handed out is a story that becomes a little boy, a little girl, an encouragement, and they share that with someone else, and that story becomes something else. And there's an enduringness to that love. There's an enduring type of love that is shared. We give thanks to God for his love endures forever. And because of your gifts, because of your 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 tithes and offerings, ministry like that can happen. So I want to say thank you for giving. My wife, Vanessa, and I, we give. We give to this church because his love endures forever. And pray that you would do that as an act of worship today. Let me pray for us as we give. Jesus, thank you for the provisions ministry and all the ministries like it and others around the world and our city. We thank you, Lord. You are good. Your love endures forever. Sometimes it's through food. Sometimes it's through teaching. Sometimes it's through song. But Lord, your love endures forever. We bless you now as we give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.